Today's message, um, we are focusing on the theme, mission and rejection. Mission and rejection. By mission, we are looking at uh, God's mission. God's mission in which God sends. Okay, um, as we may want to just understand how the whole thing, you know, begins. It is God who sends his son, Jesus Christ. His son, Jesus Christ. God sends him, as we read in John 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So in God's mission, we want to acknowledge and appreciate that God sends his son out. So through incarnation, where Jesus Christ comes to be part of us in flesh and body like us, so that fulfills God's mission where Jesus comes and that his mission for Jesus Christ, which is to reconcile humankind to God. So that is Jesus' mission. But we also see that uh, Jesus' mission is not an easy one because it is under threat. It is also under attack. As in several instances, as we read from you know, various gospel passages, Oftentimes we see that Jesus faces opposition. He faces, you know, persecution and rejection like we're going to read today. So if that happened to Jesus Christ, in, 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 in return, who also sends us out? Because the, the, the mission cycle goes from God sending Jesus Christ. It goes to Jesus Christ and his Father sending the Holy Spirit to continue God's work in the world. But for today, we want to focus on all of us being agents, God's agents in his mission. We are also sent to go out in the world to preach the word, the good news of reconciliation of God and man. So friends, the mission task is not an easy one because it faces, you know, threat, attack and rejection. In the previous passage, where we see um, Jesus sending out his disciples two by two, according to Mark. So they, the disciples, they go out on mission, where they go preaching the gospel of repentance. They go, um, we hear that they were driving out demons and healing the sick. That was something that we can see. You know, the, the disciples in action. They are in action because, see, mission is praxis. It is something that we do by our action, by our deeds, you know, as we um, express God's love and God's kindness. That is mission. So where they are preaching the gospel of repentance, I, I just want to touch uh, just something here very important about repentance. Because repentance is a practice that most people enjoy. It is something that we, we all struggle with when we talk about repentance. And it is certainly not something people want to be told they need to do. Because we live in a world where, you know, a world that cheers or that, a world that celebrates, you know, personal autonomy and self-expression. That, that is the world in which we live today. It is so much about, you know, privacy. It's about me. It's about everything to do with, with self. So sometimes it's not easy, you know, to point out or to challenge or to talk about, you know, uh, the, the repentance because 
that, that's the context in which we live today. But for us as Christians, brothers and sisters, for us as Christians, we do recognize the call to repentance is a primary part of the message of the gospel. That is, that is very crucial and it is critical for us as Christians. It is only when we repent of our sins and turn to Jesus that we can be forgiven and saved from the wrath of God. I think you, 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 you know as we pray in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us our sins. You see, that is an act. That is a sign in which we, in humility, we, we, we surrender to God. That we are confessing, and in confession, we are returning to God, which is repentance. But sadly, though, as I'm talking about repentance, in this um, narrative, in the account that we read this morning, at the heart of the story is a king who has an affair and who is called to repentance by John the Baptist. This king is Herod Antipas, who is the ruler, you know, in Galilee. So Herod Antipas has committed the sin of adultery by taking his brother Philip's wife to be his own wife. That is something very, I mean, um, unacceptable before God because uh, actually some, co some commenter says that, you know, um, Herod Antipas had divorced his own wife and he had to connive and convince, you know, um, Philip's wife to leave or abandon her own husband to become um, King Herod's wife. So th th that's the narrative to which John the Baptist says this is not right. So actually, John the Baptist, as a faithful and bold prophet, had challenged Herod Antipas. He had rebuked Herod Antipas to say, what you have done is unacceptable. But this was not so easy. This did not go well with Herod Antipas. As I said earlier, that repentance is something that is very difficult. So for Herod Antipas, even Herodias, his wife, this is something that they struggle with. And actually it, 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 Herodias picks a grudge on John the Baptist to say, where are you coming from now? What is this now we are trying to do? To disturb? To break down? So that was the concern of Herodias. To which John the Baptist as a faithful prophet of God, he stands according to his conviction. So I think, friends, I, I just want to say that you know, in God's mission sometimes, we, we face, we face, we need to, pre to be prepared to face opposition, to face criticism, and to face resistance. But it takes courage. It takes courage. As long as one stands, as long as one stands in the firm ground of, of, of faith and belief and trust in God who sends us, I think that is the safe place you know, in which we stand. So here, John the Baptist is standing on his ground. He is standing on his conviction to challenge what Herod Antipas has done as being wrong, as being sin. But for Herod, then um, it, it, it doesn't go well with him. So the story develops where there was a party on this day and uh, this girl comes, she dances, that which he, her dance impresses, you know, Herod, 
to which Herod says, what did you want? And the little girl says she wanted, you know, John the Baptist's head. The story progresses like that. And all this led to John the Baptist being um, executed. His, cut, his head had to be cut and presented in a platter. Why am I saying all this? I am talking about God's mission. In which when God is sending us, like he did to John the Baptist, John the Baptist had a message about repentance, about forgiveness, about God's love, but here there is opposition, there is resistance, which is coming in the form of Herod Antipas and his wife. Herod is very disappointed, and John the Baptist had to die. So a man had to die. He had to die in the mission of God. He had to die. So after the death of John the Baptist, later on, sometime later on, Herod hears, he begins to hear the popularity. He begins to hear what Jesus is doing. Because Jesus and his disciples are in mission. Now, Herod has got a, a guilty conscience. He is worried. Who is this Jesus? He didn't realize, he didn't know who Jesus was. So he begins to be disturbed. He was rather very concerned and worried. Who is this Jesus? There's something that I want us to, to look at and explore about the name of Jesus. You see, Herod was disturbed to hear about the name of Jesus. When we look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, we hear that a son shall be born, and his name shall be called the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. That is Jesus. Some 700 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah shows who Jesus would be, would be when he was on earth and who he is today. So Herod was very much disturbed. Who is this Jesus? He is the Prince of Peace. But Herod and others, as they wondered who Jesus was, they could not accept that he was the Son of God. They would say, oh, maybe he is John the Baptist who has come back from life. He is one of the prophets. They would go on and on. But yet Jesus, as we, as we, as we hear from Isaiah, he is the Prince of Peace. Friends, as we look at rejection, this is also one way in which people express their, their rejection on Jesus Christ. They could not accept him as the Son of God. They could not accept him as Savior. He is John the Baptist. He is one of the prophets. I don't know about you today. Who do you say Jesus is? Who is Jesus to you today? But for John the Baptist, what I want to applaud on him is that he is one who stands for the truth. He followed God faithfully and he died a martyr's death because he knew that he was appointed on God's mission. So for us today, the scriptures clearly you know, tell us that as we stand for Christ, we will suffer rejection and persecution. 
Friends, let us be determined. Let us continue in faith to uphold our calling to be God's agents. God's agents in his mission. Whether rejection, opposition, or criticism, we stand in faith. God bless you.